You know, I think you've got to be very, very clear with your message. So as a business and as a business leader, you've got to have a massive amount of clarity and you you have to communicate that clarity. Uh, you have to communicate it every day. They, they need to see you, that you're living it, you're breathing it. It's not something where you put your vision and your core values on a board and you actually don't live by them. Welcome to The Enrichment Project, Path to Purpose, recorded by the mad talent at Solid Gold Podcast. It is a series of unfiltered and insightful conversations with some of the most remarkable purpose-driven human beings who have all achieved, created, inspired, triumphed or challenged. And we have a great deal to learn from them. It is a quest to uncover and articulate the steps along the way to help you on your own journey of purpose. I am your host, Richard Wright, and I am delighted to have you with me Thank you for the gift of your time. Let's dive straight in. I'm joined today on the Enrichment Project by somebody I respect and admire hugely. One of the people who is the most formidable leader. He's an incredible human being, philanthropist. Um, he's a go-getter and just one of the nicest human beings that I know. Craig Featherby, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you very much, Richard. Your check's certainly in the mail. It's I who's the privileged one to, to be asked to join you today. Um, so thank you very much. And I, I look forward to having a chat. Stunning. Just for some context, Craig is somebody who came into my life early this year and this year being 2020. And um, I literally was phoned up and looking for a speaker to come and engage with his team. And what blew my mind away a little bit was that the date that he was looking for was the 7th of January, if memory serves me correct. It's the earliest I've ever been booked for a motivational talk or for a, a sales talk to a team. Most teams are still on holiday. And that's going to, I think, form the foundation of this chat in terms of the purpose that is Craig, the reason he is, he does what he does and how he throws everything into it and gets his team to come along you know, with a ride. I think the first question I had is, you know, are they all going to be there? And, and then almost, do they want to be there? Craig, maybe you can actually answer that now. You know, did they really want to be there on the 7th of January? Um, I, I'd like to say yes, Richard. You know, we always start off the year with, with, with an inspirational speaker such as yourself. And I think uh, the message that you delivered to the team on the 7th of January was smack on. Uh, you know, we, we're building a culture of, of, you know, guess what? It's a responsible company managed and run by responsible people. Everyone had already been on holiday for three weeks. Um, you know, we've got this exciting year called 2020. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, and, and it, and it was time to, to get stuck in. And I think we had a full house. If anything, there was probably one or two stragglers, but I think we were certainly 95% full. And, and, and that would have been sort of probably 75 people in the room at that stage. So yeah, I generally do think that people wanted to be back. Uh, they were ready to listen to your story and get the year going. So my take is exactly the same. I'm so glad you answered that. And you're quite cautious there. 
I was amazed. And do you know what it is? I think that's the measure of the person that you are, the measure of the leader that you are, that your team are there, gung-ho, ready to go um, and fired up. It was, it really was an eye-opener for me because I don't, I honestly haven't seen that before. The first session of the year is very often a, oh, do we, oh, okay, we got to start this year. And it wasn't that at all. So, you know, that, that was, that was not the first introduction to you. And since then, it's just, it's been a remarkable uh, journey. And I really am also incredibly grateful that I can call you friend. It's been, it's been that journey. So uh, for you listening, I'm just going to give you some context in terms of who Craig is as a person. He's going to fill in some blanks for us. But Craig was born in Zimbabwe, junior schooled in Melbourne, Australia, and educated in KZN Natal's Michael House. So uh, there might be some confusion, identity confusion, then we'll, we'll get into that. But Craig's early career started at Ernst & Young. Um, and at Absa Bank. Later, through joining an, an offshore brokerage, he worked in the Middle East and Asia and rose to some of the top positions in the financial world. More recently, he was the regional manager Africa at one of the largest independent offshore financial consultancies worldwide. Craig successfully built the Africa division from an undeveloped entity and just uh, looking at the figures here, took it some amazing figures, 12.5 billion worth of new assets, adding 3,500 new clients. That, that is a record for quite something. He started the Carrick Group of Companies in 2014, and I'm going to I'm going to stop there because I'd like um, we're going to come back to that place. But before Craig, any of the blanks you want to fill in in terms of your childhood, growing up, aspirations. In fact, when you were growing up, what is the first memory of this is the thing I want to become? Farmer. Farmer. Yeah. Wow. I get, I get, I get asked that question all the time. Um, I, I grew on an Aberdeen Angus stud farm in KwaZulu Natal. I always wanted to become a farmer. Uh, at the age of 16, I was constantly, constantly speaking to my dad about going to uh, an agricultural college. Um, there's an agricultural college in KwaZulu Natal called Sadara. I had aspirations of going to Sirencester in, in the UK. And then uh, probably sense prevailed that in order to become a great farmer, you needed to have a, a business background. Um, so my, my dad sort of tried to suggest that I, I, I go and get a, a business qualification and, and if you wanted to go into farming thereafter. But just one thing, you know, led to the next, which led to the next. And 26 years later from the dream of becoming a farmer, here I am, the CEO of a financial services group. But I still have aspirations. My wife and I, we don't argue. We, we really, die and I don't argue at all. But I always say to her, you know, one day we're going to go and live in the Karoo and we're going to farm sheep. Uh, and she said, well, if there's not a Woolworths in the town, then I'm not coming. So <laughs> Don't bother. <laughs> yeah. So, You're on your own. So, yeah, answer to the question, what was the first I wanted to become a farmer? Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, in the minute I heard that, it's never too late, especially for you. And I think from a business, if you can create what you can create like this, I, I can, I'd stand back in awe at the farm that you'd be able to set up. And then tell me, so you had a background, Erson Young, Absa, kind of in this direction. And what was it, that, what was the catalyst that said, you know what, it's time for me to go and do my own thing? What was that? Um, it's a really important question, Richard, because I have some very, very different views to the environment than, than most. Um, I, th I think that there's some fundamental issues and flaws within the financial services environment. I think the, the interests of advisors and the interests of advisory firms come first and the interests of clients come thereafter. And therefore, I believe that there's this fundamental trust deficit between the interest of those advisors and the interests of the clients. 
So I, I set out in the back end of 2013, realized that I think we could do something different. Yes, I know it sounds cliche, but I really truly have this this belief of changing the face of financial services off on the African continent. I want to help hundreds and thousands of families make great financial planning decisions and start living the life that they want to, opposed to actually the life that they're currently living. And I think that comes with with ethics, it comes with transparency, it comes with integrity. And that's and that was really the catalyst. You know, I was tired of the direction which you know the mainstream financial services firms are going through here in South Africa and more uh, or less regulated markets in Africa. So I got together with a group of people. Uh, we felt that we had an idea. We felt that we were prepared to work hard, and Carrick was born. Wow. So there's a very big difference between the cliche of "I just want to make a difference" and actually making a difference. Um, and that's, I think, you know, in South Africa, we say that's where the tacky hits the tar. And yeah. uh, really, I, I mean, you have already at this point in time built a team around you that I think share that vision. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, 100%. If, you know, belief is a massive word for me. You know, if you, if you don't have belief, then don't do what you're going to try and do. If you don't believe that you can lose 20 kgs, well, then don't even go on to a diet because you don't stand a chance to, to, to succeed. I've been very, very fortunate in my uh, six years of building Carrick in that I've surrounded myself with people who are cleverer than me. Um, and that's been my goal. Um, it really has. You know, I understand what my weaknesses are and therefore, conversely, understand what my strengths are. And, and therefore, uh, Carrick's got a group of people who have some phenomenal strengths and small amount of weaknesses. And, and we just do what we're good at. Um, and, and I think that that's really, really one of the main reasons, together with belief, you know, together with the fact that we truly do believe that we can be the next Goldman Sachs of Africa. And if you've got that belief and you're prepared to work hard, well, then the rest comes rather simply and easily. So that's a, no, that's a very big statement. So I've been dabbling quite a lot in self-discipline and willpower and overcoming obstacles and things and, and delving into your purpose. And obviously, that's part of our chat today. And what I've noticed is that when you have this primary incredibly strong sense of purpose, very often the self-discipline, the hard work, it doesn't feel like hard work. It doesn't feel like you need self-discipline because it, it just happens. And when you aren't really in it, when there isn't this sense of purpose, and I know we've had this chat about get, building a team around you that is more, the us is more important than the, the me or the I, and that is that common sense of purpose. And it really is that. And so I think the next thing I'd like to ask and the direction we're going to go in is, how do you direct your sense of purpose and vision and belief? How do you package that into something that the people around you can also buy into and, and claim for their own? You know, I think you've got to be very, very clear with your message. So as a business and as a business leader, you've got to have a massive amount of clarity and you have to communicate that clarity. Uh, you have to communicate it every day. That they need to see you, that you're living it, you're breathing it. It's not something where you put your vision and your core values on a board and you actually don't live by them. Um, so, so communication for me is probably the single most important factor in in the building of any organisation, and really is the core of a successful relationship. You know, I look at my wife, Di, and I. We've been married for 21 years. You know, we great mates because we communicate. So. In terms of your question, you've got to have clarity in terms of where you're going. 
Your team's got to know, you know, what's in it for them. They need to understand what does the destination look like. They need to have bought into the concept that you've built this bus. So if you've got a bus, you've plotted the journey, you've communicated the journey, everybody's on the bus, they found the seat, and they're all participating in the journey to get to that destination, then it really is actually not really that hard. Um, so I think it comes down to clarity and communication, but more importantly, successful communication. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'd like to add to that, that part of that leadership is also leading from the front and setting that example. Yeah. And that really is something that I think you do remarkably well is I cannot imagine for a second you not being the person right in the front. I'm thinking Braveheart right now, um, you know, leading from the front of the charge. Um, that's where Craig's going to be, you know, and, and that's and all these followers behind you. I, I have that picture and that's quite a cool picture. You've made it this far, probably because the topic resonated with you. If you're wondering what the show is all about, listen to the trailer at the start of the season and find out how this show is going to help you along your own path to purpose. You've stumbled on a project that is all about purpose. Find out why the guests are all so vastly different, but yet all have so much in common. Hop on board this journey with me, follow the Enrichment Project so that you don't miss out on a single episode and share it with, well, everyone. We are all looking for more meaning in our lives. If the show speaks to your identity or the identity of your brand, consider sponsoring a season. Let's make the circle bigger. Back to the episode and thanks for listening. So what I'd like to ask as well, and that is from a purpose point of view, would you say, is it that clear for you that, Craig, you would say that you have discovered or uncovered your sense of purpose? Without a doubt, I, I have an overwhelming care for people. I deeply feel as though that I want to make an impact in people's lives. Uh, from the car guard who's looking after my uh, car outside Woolworths to one of my um, highest profile clients to one of my team members, I, every single day I want to make an impact. Uh, I want to make sure that we're creating the environment, we're doing something that's going to change their lives. Uh, and that's why I coined the phrase, we want to change the face of financial services. You know, I've got this, I've got this initial goal of changing, uh, uh the lives of a hundred thousand families, um, by providing them great financial advice, great information to make impactful investment decisions. So, so without a doubt, if you generally, generally feel as though that you want to help someone, you know, I've, I've had so many opportunities. I've been incredibly lucky my entire life. Um, and I just want to give those same amount of opportunities to as many people as possible. Wow. And, and the first time that you equated what you were doing and where you wanted to go, the destination, with, hey, this is purpose. Um, can you remember that time or was it just something that slowly came over time? I don't think it's sort of – you. I think you wake up one morning and you, bang, I've, now I've got purpose. Um, it slowly starts creating. I think it becomes a part of your DNA and, and, and it becomes, you know, an infection and it grows bigger and it grows bigger and, and you build upon it. And, and, then you, and then you feel as though, well, if I can do that, well, then I can do that. And if I can do that, well, then maybe I can do that. But, but again, it, it comes back to making sure that you clear and you're communicating that, that purpose to people because I can't do this by myself. Um, I, I, I wouldn't stand a chance. 
You know, at the moment, I've got 252 people in this incredible company called Carrick. And without them, you know, Craig Featherby would be driving a passenger-less bus. Um, <laughs> so so, so I, don't think per, I don't think you wake up one day and you say, hey, I'm going to change the face of financial services or I'm going to impact the lives of 100,000 people. I think that that gradually just builds upon and builds upon. And, you know, Richard, I, I, I'm 46 years old. I want to live to 100. Um, everyone knows it. I want to live to a hundred, um, and 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 therefore, I've, you know, I've got fifty-four years to go. So I, I haven't even hit halfway. Um, <laughs> and 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 therefore, if you're not making a difference in people's lives, then you know, what are you doing? Oh wow! So part of this process for me is coming up with you know path to purpose, coming up with six steps. And they can help others to get to, you know, along their path to purpose. And one of them is give a damn. And that, that, that I think is so important from a purpose point of view is what do you give a damn about? Something that is bigger than yourself. Um, and you've just hit that nail on the head uh, and so effectively. And I think that's part of the success is getting people on board who also give a damn about the same things that you give a damn about. Uh, and that, that really is, that's, that's proper amazing. So just if we can swing into, there's no sense of purpose. There, there's nothing big that we accomplish that doesn't come at some sort of cost. There's always a cost that we need to tackle from a personal point of view, maybe from financial point of view. I would guess probably that when you left the career that you had to go into Carrick, there must have been a bit of a dip in cash flow. There's some big risks, some big, there must have been some kind of fear of, of you know, I'm stepping out of this and I'm, I'm getting to something big. Can you talk me through some of that? So, so I guess the biggest cost that I've experienced, which I'm currently dealing with right now, is trying to find the balance between health and work and life and lifestyle. You know, starting your own business is, is, is a monumental amount of stress. Uh, it, it's stress like you cannot believe. You know, every which way you look, there's a problem. And, and you need to try and learn to deal with those problems as best as possible. Um, so... You know, I've recently just done a lot of changes within the organization, which has freed up a lot of my time. And, and, I've, and I've promised myself, a, you know, a serious promise that I need to start taking my health uh, more seriously. Uh, and, I, and I do it. So I'm not now in the office at five o'clock in the morning. Um, I'm out walking my dogs. I'm exercising. And I'm really trying to gain back the sacrifices that I made. I think that the second biggest sacrifice is... I don't think I've been on a holiday longer than six days in the last six years. Wow. So, so when you're in a, a normal job, um, you know, guess what? You, you, you can take your three weeks, four weeks holiday and you can travel around, uh, Southern Africa and you go to on all these safaris. And so, so I would say that that's been a big sacrifice as well. It's been very, very hard for the family in that, you know, you're building you, it's, it's like a newborn baby. You know, uh, I haven't got kids. Uh, you know, do you leave a newborn baby, you know, for three weeks? Well, no, you don't. But fortunately, we, we sort of rolling into a new chapter. I've got this phenomenal executive team behind me, which has made a, a huge difference. And, and, I, and I certainly can see within the next six months being able to take longer than six days holiday. So, so I think health is one. Health leads into lifestyle. And I, and I think in life, Richard, there's a, there's a turning point where your lifestyle decisions will dictate your business decisions. Uh, and, and I think, and I think I'm coming up to that point. Uh, I don't think that that point is far off. It's not here now because I still got lots that I want to do, but I can feel as though that, you know, at some stage a decision is going to be made whereby some lifestyle decisions are going to dictate business decisions. And at that point, 
you know, maybe there's someone younger, certainly far better looking than me, who will take over and 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 take Carrick to the next level. And you know what? I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. I really, really am. Yeah. Well, I really love that answer. Um, and I think the other part, you know, every single purpose, every everything, every person that creates something big, it has to come at a cost. And it gets to that point, and you, you, you're really right, where if we're not putting something back in the tank, we, we run out of stuff to give. And at that point in time, you know, we're not leading from the front anymore. Our sense of purpose isn't big enough because it's become jaded. So I really, I really like the fact that you've recognized that early before you got to that point. And then also, I really enjoy the fact that you, you've made decisions in terms of building this executive team around you. Can you tell me, I know you shared with me the other day, three core focus areas for you right now. So if we, if we look at Craig taking your purpose, taking the Carrick group of companies forward, three things that you have identified as, as your most important or the most important things, that the roles that you need to fulfill. So I think I'm at the point where I can I can spend fifty uh, percent less time in the micro of the business, and I'm really proud to say that because, as I said, I've got a phenomenal management team around me. So so now I've got fifty percent more time. So what I'm going to do, and it links into uh, two very very important parts of the next five years for me. You know, really getting and engaging and collaborating with the Carrick team on all levels. Um, so, you know, the buzzword is employee engagement. Well, A, I hate the word employee. There's no employees in Carrick. Um, but it's, but it's engaging people on all levels and, 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 and trying to make differences, uh, on, on people's lives who maybe I didn't have time in the past to. That's number one. But the real purpose, and it goes back to, you know, maybe why I started Carrick. Yes, it's, uh, there was a trust deficit in the financial services industry. Um, but my real pur- purpose, Richard, and you touched on it, is philanthropy. Um, I, I really am passionate about philanthropic endeavors. I've founded my own NPO here in, in South Africa called Signature of Hope. I'm in the, and then the process of writing a business plan that's going to build this word philanthropy. You know, philanthropy has been around for years and years and years and years. Um, and there's a, a, an investment term that's been around for the last five or seven years called impact investment. Well, I want to combine the two and I want to create a focused impact investment philanthropic endeavors. So, so utilize philanthropic endeavors, the purpose of giving, but sustainable giving. I think charities in South Africa have got it all wrong. You know, the, the bank balance starts on the 1st of January at zero. Um, South Africans are tired of giving. Uh, we, we sort of donor fatigue. Uh, you know, there's no sustainability to 92% of, of South African registered NPOs. So we need to create a, a more impactful endeavor in terms of giving. But then more importantly, we've got to give people choice. Um, so if you're going to give me a hundred rand today, you know, do you dictate where you want it to go? So we've built this or we're building this model whereby, um, you can either invest in community-based projects for investment return. There's no doubt we're a financial advisory firm, so we're going to manage the money, manage the donations, but 100% of the donations are invested for return, creating long-term sustainability, scalability, and repeatability. And then you as the supporter or the partner um, will have a choice. Um, Do I want to invest my money into a community-based project for investment return? which will be managed by or by Carrick? Um, or do I want to invest my money in various pillars? 
And those pillars may be uh, education, it may be medicine, it may be conservation. And you may say, just like I sit with my clients creating investment matrices, maybe you want 50% to go into cancer research, 25% into the Cape Leopard Foundation, and 25% into ECD education programs. So the real purpose for me is, you know, when, when I close the Carrick chapter, um, I really want to have established a formidable uh, uh, NGO called Signature of Hope. It's very successful as it is at, at the moment, but I want to scale it. Um, and I want to bring in some significant partners um, and, and, and really, really get community buy-in and, and supporter buy-in. Yeah, I'll be watching that one with a significant interest. Uh, that sounds pretty amazing. So one of the questions I did want to ask you is, you know, from a legacy point of view, is, is what would you, one day, what would you want to be celebrated for as Craig Featherby, celebrated as? Um, and I think you've pretty much answered that one for me. Am I right? Yeah, I, I, I think that I'd like to, you know, I'd like people to know that I, I built a sustainable company that is, is far bigger than Craig Featherby. Um, that's important to me. The act is far bigger than the actor, and in this case, me. So, so that's number one. Um, because, it, you know, it's a sense of pride. You know, Carrick's my baby. You know, uh, we, we, from designing logos and coming up with names, et cetera, et cetera, it's my baby. So you want your baby to run and flourish. But then second of all, the real is philanthropy, giving back, supporting communities, and just making a difference to thousands and thousands of people's lives. Yeah, oh, that's hugely admirable. Something I want to add in here, and I think it's very important for the listeners, is that it's not rare to come across somebody who speaks and says the right things. But it's really rare to come across somebody who not only says that, but puts the words into action too. Um, and that's been my experience of you from the beginning, Craig. So from the first talk, um, then a follow-up, and then the beginning of COVID, um, I phoned you up and said, hey, how can I help you? And that was literally the first week of a hard lockdown. I was phoning all, all my old clients because literally my business went uh, out the window. Every live gig, every event was canceled or postponed indefinitely. And I just asked the question, how can I help? And you grabbed that offer with both hands. And you, again, it was the first a virtual gig that I did over that time, except for a small, uh, you know, for the first big corporate, except for it was a small company I did as well, but um, it was the first big corporate. And that to me was like, wow, here all the other people are saying, okay, we're not sure where this is going yet. I don't know if I can spend any money. Uh, uh, and you were saying, no, I need to put my team in the best possible position. I need to get someone to help them from a resilience point of view. You know, let's get somebody and let's create something and let's, let's just do it and let's go. And that was you. And then it was another opportunity. Um, and again, it was the same. I'm going to phone you. I'm going to keep in touch. But uh, you know, you've probably you've probably booked Richard. It was like, no, my team. We need we need more. Um, and then I published a book, and you decided that you wanted to gift a copy to every single one of the people in your engine room. And those are the people. Let's be honest. That normally get forgotten. They're normally the people that are last recognized. And they really, it's engine room. This is the thing that makes it tick. And that spoke volumes for me. Here's this person who in the midst of all of this is giving back to um, the people that most people don't recognize often. And again, that just really is the mark of a, a phenomenal leader and somebody who walks the talk. So I see you and that, that really is, is quite something for me. Yeah, thank you, Richard. You know, we've all gone through the ups and downs of COVID. I had, I had 48 hours of real panic. And then I realized that, you know, if I wrap myself in cotton wool, 
if the business treads water, um, which most businesses have done, cut down expenses, don't book someone like yourself and spend money, um, you know, we probably wouldn't have come through um, as we have. So we made a decision literally in day three, we're going we're gonna to go forward, we're going to push this, we're going to drive it, we're going to drive it hard, um, and we're going to throw as much energy uh, into the business as possible. Um, you know, we, we really grasped the idea of Zoom meetings, as, as many companies have did. But I, but I truly believe that, that the stance that we took uh, navigated us quite successfully through COVID. My teams are back at work. Touchwood, we haven't had a, a, a case of COVID throughout the organization. Uh, we've got fantastic protocols. Um, and, you know, I, I had a look at my sales figures. And naturally, as all companies have dropped off in the first three, four weeks, uh, dropped off quite significantly. Um, but from the 26th of March to potentially a week ago, we flat. So we, 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 we dropped and we've now had a rapid increase. So we've come through. Uh, relatively unscathed. I also made a decision right at the beginning of COVID that I was going to do everything in my power to prevent uh, the remuneration of my team being cut in any uh, any form whatsoever. And I can proudly say we successfully managed that. So my guys have still continued to earn 100% of the remuneration, which is phenomenal. And when I hear stories of people earning 40, 50%, you know, I understand the pain that the companies are going through um, but can you imagine the pain if somebody says, well, right, your, your salary is now, you know, capped at 50%. Well, what do you do? Um, so we really, we worked hard. Uh, the team worked hard to get us through that. And, and I'm really looking forward to, A, the next 10 weeks of this year and 2021. Stunning. So I, I really, I mean, I've said this since the beginning of COVID is that the, the companies that take care of their people will find out that to a large extent, the businesses will take care of themselves. Uh, and that really is, yeah. is it. And it's this idea of purpose. It's, it's making one or two big uh, staff decisions and onboarding a couple of very big people in the middle of this as, as, at the same time. It's like, wow, it's, you know, where you're going, you know how you're going to get there and you're leading from the front. And that, that really is remarkable. So, Craig, one last question I want to ask you, and, and that is from a purpose point of view. If to the person listening this, to this who is perhaps slightly purposeless, is floundering a little bit, hasn't found that thing, I think you've helped quite a lot in that purpose isn't, it isn't, it isn't just this big thing that happens overnight. It's a, it's a series of little things that lead you in a direction and then it starts to grow. But in terms of that, that growth, that beginning, that, that trying to figure out this thing called purpose is, what would your advice to somebody be? Um, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier on. I think the starting point, Richard, is belief. Um, believe in yourself, number one. Um, so you've got you to believe that this can be done. And then number two, start. Uh, so many companies fail because they, they have great strategies and great ideas. And you draw beautiful pictures on whiteboards and phenomenal PowerPoint presentations. But starting and executing, for me, is the very, very most important thing. Um, you know, people talk about failures. I don't believe in the word failure. It's just a learning lesson. So have I had many learning lessons? Without a doubt. Um, but you know what? If I didn't start, if I didn't try, if I didn't execute, um, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have, you know, navigated the path to where we are now. Um, so, so I think have belief in yourself, belief in your own abilities, believe that it can be done. Uh, and then number two, just start. Just start every day. It's the same thing, losing weight, giving up smoking, getting healthy, getting to the gym. 
the initial bit's painful. It really, really is painful. My first 18 months was monumentally painful. Um, but just start and just keep going and, and, and don't stop. Craig, thank you. Um, I know yours is a journey that I'm going to be following with interest. I wish you well on every success. Um, and on that path of purpose, may you achieve everything that you set out to achieve and more. And thank you so, so much for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Pleasure, Richard. And thank you very much for the contributions that you've made, not only to me, um, because you'll never know how important it's been in uh, listening and watching yourself, but also the contributions that you've made to my, my, my family, my Carrick family. So I really wish you everything of the best. And I know that we will remain friends for a long time. For sure. And I'm, I can't wait to see you in Cape Town um, soon. Uh, really, get, I, I need to get out of Joburg. I've got to that point. Climb on a plane and, and go somewhere. So thank you so much for your time and cheers. Perfect. Cheers, Richard. Thank you for staying right to the end of the episode and for joining me on the Enrichment Project. Before you go, please share this episode with your friends and your colleagues. They will thank you, I'm sure. Remember that you can catch each Path to Purpose episode by watching on YouTube or, if you prefer, on your favorite podcast app. The link to my book, The Power of Purpose, is in the show notes. Please go and check it out. It's a rad account of my own story of purpose and resilience and my fight against brain cancer. I finished six full Ironman events, a number of multi-stage mountain bike races, nine Ironman 70.3 races, including the Ironman World Championships and a bunch of other endurance events, all with stage four brain cancer because I wanted it that badly and getting to the finish line meant that much to me. As a professional inspirational speaker, business and life coach, author and storyteller, I'd love to add more value to you or your organization. Please find more details on my website, IamRichardWright.com and book me today for a live or virtual keynote, a masterclass, workshop or coaching session or please follow my journey on Facebook, I am Richard Wright, Twitter, The Right Rich, Instagram, I am Richard Wright, or on LinkedIn. I'd love the opportunity to enrich your team. Thank you to the professional crew at Solid Gold Podcasts for the support, the talent, and the mad skills. And to Anna Hick for her creativity and genius video magic. Thank you. You all rock.